When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, man. Um, I, I, let, let's talk about what we saw yeah. with Jacksonville last week. And I just want to talk from a, an emotional standpoint. It's draining, right? To do what they did yeah. and then win. My only concern about Jacksonville this week as they moved to Kansas City is, are they spent? It, it, did they give it all last week to come back? And then, you, you know, you're like, this week, you're like, holy crap. You know, Broly, you've, you've been there. No, you're right. You know, look, Carl, it, it, it's a legit concern. And we'll know pretty quick if they're spent. Because one thing I'll say, just going back, I want to rewatch it this morning. Um, the one thing that was really pretty amazing, even when it was 27 nothing, that you could tell that there was no quit. None. Mm-hmm. You could tell how the defense was playing, that they were still trying to get stops. Um you could tell that Trevor was still competing. You could tell the guys were still running routes really hard. Like, they were still competing hard at 27 nothing. So, you know, the fact that, you know, they got that touchdown right before the end of the first half, you know, and then they scored the first three, you know, they got right back in the game right away. Uh, in the second half, one big play after another. But they were still executed. And there's a lot of teams, especially if it's your first time in the playoffs, Carl, where you're 27 nothing, you're hanging your head, you're walking off the field. Like, that speaks to Doug Peterson, to Trevor, to, to like real leadership on that team. So, to your point, did they leave it all on the field Saturday night? We'll know. But I feel like the fact that they played in Week 10 and Kansas City kind of blew them out to score as closer than it really was. Like, they, I think they enjoy going to Kansas City, being an underdog, but familiar with the mm. noise, the atmosphere, you know, they started that game with an onside kick. They recovered it. Um, you know, they kind of shot Kansas City early. They got a turnover from Mahomes. Like, I feel like the fact that they've been there, uh, they feel like they know what they're up against, whether it's Chris Jones, Mahomes, Kelsey, the great players that Kansas City has, they've seen them. And I think that for a young team and a team that's now in a divisional championship round, I think it's better for for, for Jacksonville right now. I love the advantage. You tell me what you think, because I think Jacksonville's advantage is, is Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, taking advantage of the Kansas City Chiefs secondary. That's where I think they have an advantage. How do you feel about that? Well, what would I, I, you know, Legereus need, you know, I mean, I, I like uh, Justin, you know, uh, this, this, the safety. Uh, so, I mean, I, I can speak to the secondary, but what I like about Jacksonville, regardless who they're playing, is every single guy you just mentioned, including Evan Ingram, they all understand their roles. Yep. Christian Kirk has been when people when they signed him and gave him all that money, people are like, "Are you crazy?" But they got a defined slot receiver role for him. They're a big three by one team, Carl. You know, three receivers, the tight end, or some combination. Um, you know, and Travis Etienne is just a handful. Um, the the area that is really impressive to me, though, I call it the Duval Wall, is the offensive line. You know, Juwan Taylor and Brandon Sheriff and, you know, uh, the whole group up for Shatley and and Walker Little at left tackle. Like, um, they're really good. They really do a good job of protecting uh, Trevor. And Trevor, who 
probably could be as mobile as any quarterback in this league, chooses to beat you from the pocket. He does leave. He does escape at times. It's not what he wants to do. And it's not what he's really trying to do. Like he, he'll stay in there and deliver the ball. And the guys that you mentioned, they run really good routes. They have really good route combinations. I think they're very difficult to defend. Even when he was throwing interceptions, yeah. the routes were still there. Um, one ball was tipped. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Asante made a great play on a ball. Like there were some things that happened. But I, I really like the roles that those guys are in right now and how they utilize them. Yeah, you were talking about – were you talking about uh, Justin Reed, the safety? Is that who you were thinking Justin about? Reed, my, my, my bad. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I, I just – I'm thinking out loud because, guys, this is part of the game I'm sure Baldy's going to be looking at next week when he does his Baldy breakdowns. And you're going to be looking at how these guys were either exposed or did a great job because win or lose, Kansas City, you know, this is going to be something that, that they're going to have to deal with. Guys, Kansas City's defense – is not as good. Look at the NFC right now, right? Dallas, better defense. Eagles, better defense. 49ers, better defense. You could arguably say, and I think Baldy Bills, better defense. And I'm just talking about overall with Kansas City. We know they can score. I wonder if they have enough defense to get back to well, the Super Bowl. The one thing I'll say is I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close with uh, Steve Spagnola. In fact, his, his cover three um, diagrams are right on my wall here. <laughs> he was a year out of football and he spent his Mondays up here with me. But, you know, Steve's got – he's a two-time Super Bowl champion now. And so he's got pieces, you know. And so his blitz game is on. It's usually with smaller guys, faster guys, Legereus Sneed, Justin Reed. He wants to get a free hitter to the quarterback. He's not going to let – you know, you saw Trevor get into a real rhythm in the second half against the Chargers. And they really couldn't break it up. Like, Steve's not going to let Trevor Lawrence get into a rhythm where the ball's coming out, you know, on timing and, you know, he's hitting his seven-yard, you know, Y sticks and what would – you know, his crossing routes. Like, Steve will not let him get into a rhythm. So, now, whether Trevor can handle or not, like, I I, I believe in Steve Spagnola in big games okay. to be able to come up with, with the necessary schemes to slow a team down. Baldy, does, does Doug Peterson start this game with tempo with the way – Trevor finished the last game with tempo. They went no huddle and they went up tempo and it worked. Well, they had to go no huddle. They had sure. to go up tempo because sure. of the score. I don't believe he will because of this. Like if you're, you know, if you're three and out, you know, going up tempo, you're giving right ball back to Mahomes. Like you just, you can't, you got to keep Mahomes on a sideline as much as you can, Carl. You just can't let him on the field. You got to limit the number of possessions Patrick gets. And then, you know, so you want to keep it at eight or nine possessions. So ball control is still the best way to keep Mahomes on the field. You just hope that you can steal a possession, whether it's a turnover, uh, special teams play, whatever it is. You're trying to steal one or two possessions and try to keep them to nine possessions. If you could do that, you could keep the score down against the Chiefs and, and Mahomes. It's Brian Baldinger, guys. Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Thank you guys for being here. We go all things NFL, inside the huddle, off the field as well. The Giants guys are 6-3 and all-time, all-time versus number one seeds in the playoffs. Um, they're 6-0 and in their last six games versus number one seeds in the playoffs. All right, Baldy, by the way, great breakdown of the play, the, 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 the pulling action. I saw it with the Giants. 
And, and it just demonstrates, one, the vision of Saquon Barkley, but two, how well that damn offensive line is blocking right now for the New York football Giants. Let's talk about them offensively. They're 6-0 in their last six games versus number one seeds in the playoffs. All that stuff is fun to look at. But why do you give them a chance against the Eagles this weekend, and what is it you're liking right now about what, about what the Giants are doing? Well, they're one of the best eight teams in football right now, Carl. They they deserve to be there. Um, they went to Minnesota, high seed, good record, and they they did you know they 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 first of all they took away the best receiver in football. Outside of the first drive, where Justin Jefferson had three catches, uh, two for first downs. I mean, he caught four passes the rest of the day. Yep. You know, for you know less than thirty yards. I mean, last drive, you figure, okay, two minutes to go. Here comes the Vikings are at midfield. Ball's going to Jefferson. They took him away every time. They had a game plan to double Justin Jefferson. Yet, with guys like Cordell Float and Dane Belton, rookies, like made plays on the ball. Uh, Dexter Lawrence was the best defensive player in wild card, super wild card weekend. The best. And he's uh, he's been challenged, and he's a dominant player. The reason why I give the Giants a chance is because of the way that they're playing. Like, they belong. They don't they don't fear the Eagles at all. Uh, you got to have a game plan for, you know, for Jalen Hurts because – of his dual threat that he is. And I believe they'll have, whether it's spies or the way that they rush or the way that they change things up, I think they'll have multiple guys to control Jalen Hurts. You may see three-man rushes, you know, against him and just keep two guys in the middle of the field waiting for him to break the pocket. Uh, I, I think this Wink Martindale against the defense corner of the Giants and Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni, the offense corner, his play callers, the Eagles. I think that's where this game is. Mm. Like, that's the chess match right now. The Eagles are a great offense. They've got great players. But, like, if you just took Justin Jefferson away, why can't you take A.J. Brown away? That's right. You know, why, why, why would he beat you deep? Justin Jefferson couldn't beat you deep. Like, I just feel like when Xavier McKinney is on the field and Adoree Jackson is on the field and Julian Love, like these guys that maybe people know, maybe they don't know, these guys are really good football players. Good football. They tackle well. Yep. They cover well. They hit. Like, they're chess pieces. You give Wink Martindale chess pieces, he's going to figure out how to, to utilize them best. Uh, and then offensively, their offense is just a good offense, Carl. Like, like I was up there in training camp a bunch, and everybody was always hurt. Nobody practiced. I'm like, how do you evaluate Daniel Jones? In the first half of the season, you know, they they got guys now, and Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, Darius Slayton, Daniel Bellinger, Saquon, they practice every day. So you give those guys practice time with Daniel Jones and the same offense. Like, they're a good offense now. It took them three-quarters of the season to, to get it right. But they all got defined roles. They know who they are. And the quarterback, you better have an answer for him right now because if you don't if you don't account for him, he'll beat you in the run game right now. This is going to be a really good game. This is going to get – I don't think anybody's blowing anybody out. I think this is going into the fourth quarter. And Eagle fans are going to be sitting on their hands a little bit um, <laughs> when they realize that this is a legitimate team, even though a team that they beat twice this year. Where is Ward, Thibodeau, Lawrence, and uh, and William? Ojolari. Ojolari. Where where are they in your pecking order of D lines right now? When you look around the league and, and the teams that are left, Baldy, because. Uh, I'm telling you, I think they took a step. I think they've taken that next step. And we talk about these elite defensive lines. We want to throw the 49ers in there, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain teams. The Eagles, this is why this game is going to be so good, guys. 
the Eagles defensive line, in my opinion, mirrors what the Giants defensive line is. And this game could come down to because are the Eagles more stout in stopping the run than the Giants? No, no. I don't think so either. You got Big Cat Williams. and I don't think so either. You got Big Cat and you have, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence inside right there and maybe Justin Ellis. You know, I mean, these guys play a high volume of plays. They don't come off the field. I mean, Dexter Lawrence, like we haven't seen, we haven't seen a 350-pound defensive lineman play this many snaps and affect the passing game the way he does. Like he's going to line up on, on uh, Jason Kelsey, you know, one on one. And it's Jason Kelsey. It's its worst nightmare, honestly. I mean, Kelsey's an unbelievable player <laughs> with leverage, but you know, it's his worst nightmare seeing a 360-pound man on his nose, one on one. And so, you know, and he's going to get that a bunch. And Leonard Williams is just a really good – he's just a good football player. So, but, if you, but when you add in Thibodeau and you add in Ojalar and you add in Ward, like it's a good front. It's a really good front. They 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 blitzed very little last week against Minnesota. Yet they got a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins and affected him at the end of the game, changed his reads a little bit. So he couldn't really take deep shots. Um, the Eagles are the best right now. I mean, 70 sacks are 70 sacks, Carl. Josh Sweat is back. Hassan Reddick is a, is a force. I mean, Brandon Graham, I mean, like they're they're really good. They're really deep. It's, it's going to be a real test for the Giants right now. All right, Baldy, let's shift gears. We've got two more games to talk about here. Uh, and, guys, again, we'll be breaking down the championship matchups into next week, and uh, things get really interesting. But this is a fun weekend. I think it's one of the best sports weekends of the year. Wild card weekend is always fun. But this gets, this gets where, you know, hey, nut-cutting time, as I like to say. Bengals-Bills. All right, we talked a little bit about this, you know, um, earlier and, and, and with Nick. I'm looking at this game, Baldy, and, I, and I'm going, all right, if you are the Bengals, you're coming off a game in which you were fighting for your life, right? I mean, honestly, Ravens defense, you said it last week. You said, hey, Ravens defense is going to show up. They're going to give them a chance to, to be in the game, and they did. Ravens had a chance. So, you know, survive in advance. You, you win the game, you move on. But I'm thinking to myself, did they get exposed a little bit in that game? And, and I'm talking about on both sides of the ball. Did the Ravens show the Bills something about how to slow down that offense? And then on the other side, did they get exposed when you say, okay, well, what are we going to do against this, this Bengals defense? Not that the Bills are not familiar, but I thought there were some things that, that a little bit surprised me last week and could be used this week as the Bills get ready for the Bengals. Well, I mean, you're right, Carl. I mean, the Bengals didn't score in the final 20 minutes of the game. You know, nope. nothing. They, they couldn't put a drive together. And they didn't turn the ball over, and they still couldn't put a drive together. Uh, you know, and if Sam Hubbard doesn't go 98 yards the other way, maybe we're talking about the Ravens right now, you know, going to Buffalo. So, By the way, um, real quick, do you like the – I heard Sean Payton talking about the, you know, the, the, the you put the ball over the goal line, and Sean Payton was talking about Drew Brees, and he said we never called that play if we were outside of or not inside the one-yard marker, right? I mean, you literally have to be inside of one yard, he said. And, and they talk about it and they run it. But I don't know. People were talking about that particular well, play. And putting it so over on that line. play, so I've seen Drew Brees go over the top for quarterback sneaks. I mean, I've seen it. Um, so I'm not saying Sean's wrong. But what he, what he is right about is that on that play, it's a play that the Eagles really started this year. It's not new. It's just a bum rush. You're just getting pushed from behind. You know, and Tyler Huntley, you know, he's got backs back there, Andrews and J.K. Dobbins. They're all going to push from behind. The one thing you can't do when you're getting pushed is you 
you can't go over. Like you have to stay low because you know that what the reason why you stay low is because you know they're coming over the top. So Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are both coming over the top. And so when you go to stick it like that, Logan Wilson comes to punch it out. Now, you can't anticipate Sam Hubbard being right there and going 98. But on that play, if he stayed low, he gets the quarterback sneak, and they scored. It's 24-17 Ravens, and I don't know that Cincinnati comes back against Baltimore. Baltimore's got elite defensive talent, Roquan, Patrick Queen, you know, Justin Houston, Marlon, I mean, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, they got elite players. Buffalo does too, not to the degree that Baltimore does. They don't have the interior presence of Calais Campbell. Like, they get knocked around a little bit. Ed Oliver's a good player, plays hard, but, you know, he's not a big guy. Like, they get knocked around a little bit. And so it's a little different type of defense that Buffalo has. They're almost strictly a zone team. They don't let the ball go over their heads. They limit things. But on the outside, you know, Dane Jackson got hurt last week. They're playing Kair Elam at corner. Tredavious played really well last week at corner. Like, I just think the matchups with Jamar and with T on the outside favor Cincinnati in this game. Yeah. Yeah, they're so good. I mean, that's the thing. All right. Um, and guys, again, we talked a lot about Bill. One, one thing Bengals. about that game, also, Carl, you know, they lost, Cincinnati lost Jonah Williams at the end of the first half, the left tackle. Yes. They already lost the right tackle. They lost the right guard. They've been replaced. And Jackson Carmen came in to play left tackle. He actually played pretty well. Yeah. He had some, he's got, he's got a, a couple weaknesses, and you can tell he hasn't played left tackle. Stunts, twists, combo blocks bothered him a little bit. And he's working with the rookie Volson left guard. Like Buffalo has got to make that side really pay. They they got to make these backups pay for being backups. I'm glad you said that because in essence, guys, the Bengals are down three starters. Yeah. Heading into this game, and you're talking about protecting Joe Burrow. The only way you get those shots down the field, you got to give him three and a half, four seconds. Yeah. Right. You you can't give him two seconds and expect him to deliver the ball down the field. That is a huge factor in this game going in uh this weekend on, on Sunday. So make sure that you're paying attention to that. All right. Cowboys 49ers from a nostalgia standpoint, this is kind of cool, uh, right? I mean this yeah. is TV gold. I mean TV gold. I mean people Ugh. most people don't pay attention to TV ratings. This is gonna be the highest rated playoff game in a long time, Carl. I, I mean I Cowboys bring the fans. They did last week on Monday night. Over 30 million people watched the game. Like it's gonna be in the 40 million plus range with this game. And look, Carl, what, what you just said, like I came in the league in 1982. That's the year after the catch Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone from Joe Montana. And this rivalry took off on that day, you know? And so you can, you can go back and replay all the legendary, whether it's, you know, championship games that these two teams have played. There's just tremendous history between these two teams. And I know none of these players played in those games, but it's still, we, we got to fill the airtime. For a week here, Carl. Like we're talking <laughs> about those games. We're talking about Dion. We're talking about That's Steve right. Young. We're talking about T.O. And you know, like you can't help it. Like there's a history here, and the Cowboy fans that will be in Levi Stadium, like they're going to let themselves be known. I mean, it's just it has everything that you want in a playoff matchup. All right, it does. Except it doesn't have. I don't think right now two future. Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we know Dak Prescott still, uh, you know, he gets the big contract. But Brock Purdy, man, how impressive has this guy been? After mm-hmm. he calmed down in the first half, I thought he he put on a show. He put on a show. 
you know, the, the touchdown passes to McCaffrey and to Eli Mitchell, one was three yards, one was seven yards. Like, none of them, those guys are primary receivers, Carl. I mean, he's looking at Ayuk, he's looking at Debo, he's looking at Kittle. Like, he's got his feet set, he's ready to throw. So you're telling me that's his third, third or fourth read? Third or fourth read on both times. And even Kyle Shanahan talked about it this week. But when you go back and you watch it, like, even when he found McCaffrey on the first one, like, it's not an easy read, Carl. It's not. He's got he's to navigate the pocket. He's got he's to duck under some pressure. He's got to, like, get the whip out and, and, and then, you know, throw the ball accurately. The guy, I, I, you know, I, I went back and watched all 200 throws last night, Carl. He's had a total of 200. He's had a total of six passes batted down to line of scrimmage. This is a six foot tall quarterback that you think, okay, he's going to, you know, he's going to lock in on receivers. He's going to do this. Guys are going to bet. He's had six passes blocked, you know, in seven games. Um, you know, he's, he is a mobile quarterback. He extends play. He's got a lot of Patrick Mahomes in him. He's got a lot in him. How he finds the secondary, the third receivers, keeps plays alive. Um, doesn't take sacks, um, doesn't turn the ball over. Like he's, he is exciting. And, you know, and, and guys drop passes too. I mean, I dropped the ball in the end zone and uh, he quit on a route because he thought the ball was going to Debo, so he's going to block and, mm. and I mean, just some things. But the guy is, uh, people tell me, you know, coming out of Gilbert, Arizona, this is how he was in high school. All right. This is how he was at Iowa State. All right. I mean, this is the NFL. It's a playoff game. And he bounced yeah. the first pass off the turf. For the second pass, he hits Ayuk and stride on a dig route. Like, I don't know. The, the guy played great. And uh, the offense is just humming right now. It's just humming. From one quarterback to another, Dak Prescott played arguably his best game against no a very good Tampa defense. What I liked about it was, Baldy, it looked like he just let the game come to him. You know, if if I got to roll out and buy some time, okay. Oh, hey, look, I'm going to throw across my body and, and hit my guy in the end zone. If I got to throw a pass to the back of the end zone and give my guy a chance, I mean, it just – he didn't force it. And I yeah. thought he for – the, for the first time in a while, I saw the game just kind of come to him, and he was great. Well, I think it's a great observation, Carl, and I couldn't agree with you more on letting the game come to him. But what allowed that to happen was Tampa doesn't have good pass rushers. And the protection was really good. So he had time to find Dalton Schultz on a wheel route from the slot. You know, he had time to find Schultz off a rollout where, you know, nobody's really covering Schultz, but he needs time to, to be able to get – like, he had time. And so that's really the question. If you give Dak time, he's going to find – you know, and if they just play zone the way Tampa did, um, gosh, I mean, CD's wide open. I mean, guys are open. Um you know, Tampa's good against the run. They weren't. They played a terrible zone. They didn't mix it up. They didn't really. San Francisco's different. Like you got to have a. You got to have a plan for Nick Bosa. I don't care if it's against Tyron Smith or, you know, Jason Peters or you know whoever's out there. Tyler Smith. Like on the edges, you better have a plan for Bosa because, like Seattle was in the game last week and they were driving in the third quarter, and they didn't have a plan for Bosa and he beats the left tackle and it flushes the quarterback and here comes Charles Amenahu balls out. Bosa recovers, game over. Yeah. Uh, you know, they went on, they just ran him out of the gym in the fourth quarter. Like you've got to have a plan because he'll ruin you'll ruin the game if you don't have a plan. So I'm anxious to see how Dallas handles that. They're capable, they certainly have uh, game plans that, that can handle Nick Bosa. Um, so I'm anxious to see how they handle it and what that game plan is. Because if you give Dak time, 
He's got more than enough targets. He's got more than enough skills to be able to go up and down the field on this defense. It's going to be fun, guys. I cannot wait. Baldy, great job, man. Uh, It's going to be a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to breaking down the championship weekend with you. We will dive deeper into this stuff. And, guys, we'll be here all offseason talking about NFL things and storylines. And we didn't even talk about the Tom Brady stuff because we got plenty of time to get to that, right? We We, will talk about all that. Right now it's about these guys that are in the playoffs and the teams that have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. All right, Baldy. Great job, man. Thank you, Take care. Hey, again, Tuesday, Thursdays, guys, new episode. Subscribe, tell your friends in the huddle wherever you get your podcast. Carl Dukes, everybody have a great day.